Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want to focus in on Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. But when you do a charitable deed, don't sound a trumpet like the hypocrites and tell everybody. They have their reward, verse 3. But when you do a charitable deed, or verse 4, do it in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will Himself reward you openly. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites and make a big deal. Let everybody see you pray. I'm just summing it up real quick. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. Then he says, if you don't know how to pray, let's, let's pick it up, everybody, in verse 9. In this manner, pray, everybody out loud. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 16 now. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. They disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father, listen, who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Verse 33 now. But seek first the kingdom of God and all of and His righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about 2016. When you seek me and you start the year off putting me first, when you pray in secret, when you give in secret, when you fast in secret, your Father who is in the secret place, answers await you in the secret place. God awaits you in the secret place these next 21 days. He invites you, come where I am. And he says, if you do that, private discipline will bring public reward. What you do in private or what you do, I like the word secret. Matter of fact, I've got to read one more verse. Go to Luke chapter 8. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I forgot about this verse. And it's so important. This is a big deal. Listen to this. Verse 17 of Luke chapter 8. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Now, all my life I've heard that text preached on about awful sin, hidden sin, secret sin. That is not what it's in reference to. 
It's in reference to the fact that you can't do something in secret devotion to God and it stay hidden and secret. Here's why. God can't keep a secret. Didn't you hear it three times? If you pray in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. If you give in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. If you fast in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. I'm going to go public with what you did private. You're going to have public victories because of what you did in private. You're going to win battles in front of people. I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And they're going to scratch their head and not understand and say, how could that happen to him, to her? And it's not because of that moment that you're getting that breakthrough. It actually will be traced back to these 21 days. Because... Listen to the words again, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed. Nothing. You can do nothing as an act of devotion to God secretly, whether it's turning down a temptation, whether it's living right when nobody's watching you. God sees that secret stuff. And whether it's fasting or praying or going at lunchtime and reading your Bible, it seems like a no big deal, nobody there but you, but God sees the secrets and God can't keep a secret. And he says, he says, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed nor anything hidden that will not be known or come to light. God says, I'm telling you, the more secret stuff you do in devotion to me, the more... I will add to you and I will openly reward you before people. So here is, uh, here is Jesus in, in, um, in the wilderness, you know. You know the story. He's, he's in the wilderness and, boy, the Holy Spirit's taking me in a different direction with this message, but here I go. Is that all right? And he's in the wilderness and victories are not won in public, they're won in private. And he's fasting for 40 days. Nobody there but him and God and the devil. And God is watching what Jesus is doing in secret. And Satan comes to him on this fast and he says, If you are three times, if you are the Son of God, questioning his identity, questioning saying, you're not who you think you are. You're not, a, you're not victorious. You're not a child of God. You're not anybody. You don't have a special assignment. God's not going to use you. You're pathetic. If you are, then show me your kingdoms. Here's my kingdoms. If you are, then do a miracle and turn these stones into bread. If you are, then, 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 then jump off this mountain and angels will catch you. And Jesus says, I don't have to do any of that to you. Here, I got, I got to... Go back to Luke chapter 8. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Go back to Luke chapter 8. And the next verse says, Therefore take heed how you hear, to whom much is given, whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Two things. There are two kinds of people. There are people who's, who have the Word of God, and there are people who seem to have the Word of God. And the only thing that reveals whether you have the Word of God or you seem to have the Word of God is what you do in secret. Notice what Jesus did when Satan attacked him and his identity. 
He didn't seem to have the word of God. Three times he said, it is written, it is written, I have the word of God. I don't, I don't seem like I have the word of God. I have the word of God. And the Bible said Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. The devil left him after the fast. Notice, notice that when you fast, devils leave and angels come. Angels came and ministered to him. Praise God. Boy, I felt something right there. That when people begin to fast and pray, devils leave, angels come, and you return in the power of the Holy Spirit, Luke chapter 4 said. And notice the next part. Remember, he did all of this in secret, but the next part of that verse says, and his fame spread throughout the region. That was God saying, I can't keep a secret. This is my boy. And I know the devil attacked him over his identity secretly and I watched him. He didn't seem to have the word. He had the word and now I'm going to make him famous. You know God has the power to make you famous. But here, here's what really got me. So let's fast forward to the cross. He's hanging on the cross. He's bleeding. He's dying. And there's a Pharisee, I believe, that was demonically inspired because he said the exact same words that Satan said to Jesus in the secret place. The Pharisee looks up and says, If you are the Son of God, come down off that cross. I'm so glad Jesus didn't. He hung there and said, I don't have to do that because I won this battle in secret. Watch, Jesus died. But here's the beautiful thing. God can't keep a secret. And when he died, a centurion walked up. Excuse me, I have an announcement for the whole world. Record these words and put them in a best-selling book called the Bible. Surely, this man is the Son of God. The battle was won in private. But God said, I'll reward my son openly. You win it in secret. And God says, I give you the victory in a public reward. I thought about, uh, I thought about God reward secrets. And, and when we fast and we pray, we give God these, these days, these 21 days. I couldn't help but think about Samson. Samson had a secret vow that was directly connected to his power on the battlefield. His strength was not in his physical uh, 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 physique that gave him the victory on the battlefield. His, his, the secret of Samson's power was in a secret vow of consecration that he made to God. And, and as long as he had a secret vow of consecration that he kept before God, which was the length of his hair not being cut, he had victory openly, publicly. No matter what came against him, he slew it and destroyed it because not because he was strong in public, but because he had a secret and God can't keep a secret. He had a secret vow. We're making a secret vow. Nobody's going to follow you around and see if you eat 
this week. Nobody's going to make you fast. This is between you and God. But I made a secret vow to God on this fast. And God says, what you do in secret, boy, I feel the Lord. In 2016, I'm going to reward you openly in ways that will boggle your mind. You're about to reach some things that very few people ever see in their life. Oh, somebody take that right now and grab it. You're about to reach heights and see things that, that you have never imagined. This is a year to live with. Thank you, Holy Ghost. This is the year to live with great expectation. Every day, get up saying with the thought. Something wonderful is going to happen to me. It absolutely is possible that this could be a game changer day. Shout right there. I, I, I'm going to keep going. Come on, take a praise break and thank God that it's not about your outer strength. It's about your secret consecration, devotion to God. Your consecration is what wins battles in public. Battles from your future, listen. Battles from your future will come visit you when you're all by yourself in secret. This is what I've learned through many years of ministry. That battles from my future, I'm, many times I'm not fighting a battle about my present. I'm fighting a battle about my future. And they always come when I'm in my secret, by myself, alone. And how I react in those moments, secretly, with the Word, with God, with temptation, with whatever, good or bad. It rarely is about the present moment. It's about something in the future that I will be stunned by the goodness of God and look back and say, how did this happen? And it can only be traced back that God can't keep a secret. And he said, what you do in secret, I'll shout it out in public. So don't let Delilah take your consecration. Oh. Yeah, that stuff matters. Battles from our future will not win, that we will not win if we don't win battles in the present when nobody's looking in secret. Let me give you a great example. Joshua is about to cross over into the promised land. Say, we're crossing over on this fast. Come on, make it all the way in the back. Say, I'm crossing over. I'm tired of not enough and just enough. I'm crossing over into Canaan's land. I'm crossing over into milk and honey. I'm crossing over into blessing, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm crossing over into more than enough. My cup runneth over in 2016. Somebody shout if you believe in faith preaching. (laughs) 
Joshua's about to cross over and an angel shows up and he says, whose side are you on? He says, I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. I'm not on your side. I'm not on their side. I'm on the Lord's side. Then he says to him, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Jewish symbol of taking shoes off is the transfer of rights and ownership. In the story of Ruth and Naomi, the kinsman redeemer, I don't have time to go into it. The way that you showed uh, ownership of giving over ownership, giving over authority, giving over is you would take your shoes off and someone else would step into your shoes. And that was that was a Jewish tradition of saying, I give you. I submit to you. And this was done in secret. This was done in secret. Joshua, if you really want what God wants, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. And when he did that, it was an act of submission to God. The next day, he goes out and they go for seven days around the walls, the impregnable walls of Jericho. And on the seventh day, they shout and they blow trumpets and the walls come crashing down. And everybody thinks, man, those trumpets are bad. Man, what a shouting praise team we had. That praise team was awesome. Who would ever think that taking shoes off could bring walls down, but it was done in secret? Nobody saw it but God. And what was done in secret, God said, I can't keep a secret. And you can't come after me and submit your life in fasting and prayer and give me your children and give me your family and say, God, step in my shoes. I can't preach like I need to preach. Would you step in my shoes in 2016? I don't have the resources, but would you, Jehovah Jireh, step in my shoes? I don't know what direction to take. I don't know who I should marry or what I should do. But would you step into my shoes on this fast? I give you my shoes. And God sees what you do in secret places and secret moments of devotion. And he says, walls fall. This is not about here and now. That was one in secret. And what you do in secret. I love the fact that when I put these shoes back on, God's in them. Wherever I go, He goes with me. I just, I, hadn't, I didn't do this this morning. I don't know where this sermon's coming from, but I like it. God's getting in my shoes. And when I come to the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, I'm going to wear these shoes and I'm going to get under that tent. And I'm going to say in the name of Jesus, nothing is impossible with God. And he's with me because he's in my shoes. Woo, somebody shout right now. Why would I be afraid of a new year when God is in my shoes? Why would I be intimidated with the magnitude of my challenge this year? Every year, I don't know what it is, but at the beginning of the year, do you get like this? I get, I, I get nervous. It's like, can, I, can, I, can we do this? Last year was incredible. Can, 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 where's all that going to come from? Where am I going to get 52 sermons? What, where, where are we going to get the money? What? We, we, we got a budget, um, 
tens of millions of dollars. Oh God, if I think about it too much, I get sick, I get knots, I get worried. Is so-and-so leaving, people leaving? Who's here? Who's there? Don't get, don't worry. That's what he said. Don't worry, don't worry. If you're doing it in the secret place, seek me first at the beginning of the year and all these things will be added unto you. Somebody shout if you believe it. It's going to be a year of great public victory. Tell somebody, live with great expectation this year. Can I give you one more? Two more and I'll be done. I know what God does when we fast and pray. I told him in Georgia this morning, Javon, you know this family, the Pierce family. But there was, when I came to Free Chapel in Georgia many, many years ago, they had moved out of the skating ring. We were the holy rollers of Gainesville. <laughs> and the only way that they could get the building, because there wasn't enough people for the bank to feel secure about building the first building that would be about half the size of this room was to have a man in the church named Herbert Pierce who was on my board of directors for many years and a dear, dear personal friend. He would come take me to lunch as a young preacher. I, I'd never pastored a church before. I was scared to death. And he just was my greatest cheerleader. He would pick me up usually once a week. He had a big old Lincoln uh, Continental, when they, the kind that have the, the eyelids. You know what I'm talking about? It's a pimp mobile. Y'all know what I'm, I mean, this, this thing, it was like a boat. It was huge. He'd take me to lunch. He's an old man, old man. And he was crippled and he was on a walker. But the most precious spirit, he would just cry. He'd just say, Pastor, can you believe all those souls that got saved Sunday? I'm telling you, he, he told me, he told me, he said, he said, you build it when we built our first building. He said, you're building too small because it was 1800, the first building we built there, 1800 Cedar. He said, I, he was on my board. He was the only one who objected. He said, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's not big enough. Now, we didn't have about 500 people. It's not, it's, it, it, I, Brother Pierce, it's more than double. No, it's not big enough. Build it for 5,000. He'd just cry. And so when they couldn't get the loan for the first building that would seat maybe 350, he secretly went to the bank and, and put his house up, which he had paid off, as a second guarantee that if the church couldn't make the payment, they could take his house. Now let me tell you the rest of this story. God bless that man. He was very prosperous. He never bragged about it. He never talked about it. He did it in secret. The pastor knew and a few other people in the church knew. He had a boy that he's got three sons and they're amazing, all of them, in the church and have been with me for decades. And uh, several years ago on the 21-day fast, 
we had entered into our second building, third building program, where with the present facility we have that, that seats uh, 3,200. And he was still, he had gone on, died, and gone on to be with the Lord. But he told me before I died, before he died, he said, you're building too small. And, and he was right. But, but listen to this. His boy came to me on the 21-day fast when we were building the main sanctuary that, we're in, that we worship in now in Georgia. And I'm telling you, it's a $24 million building, and that was not including the land at all, 150 acres and all of that. It was, it was the biggest stretch of faith that we had by far ever. And his boy came to me one day. He had been fasting, he and his wife, and he said, Pastor, he said, God has been dealing with me about the building program. And he said, I want to do something. I don't want you to say anything about it. You can tell people that you've had a gift if that helps you. But he said, I do not want my name mentioned. But he said, it's always, listen to this, this is the son of that man that signed his house over so the church could. The son now says, we have prayed and had a secret fantasy. And we've said for years, wouldn't it be amazing if we could give a million dollars to Free Chapel? And he said, Pastor, uh, God has blessed me. I bought property in Florida and bought it low and I have sold it high. And he said, here's my tithe check for one million dollars. Because I made a secret vow to God that my greatest dream in life would be... You know, I know a lot of people who want a million for their house and their car and their boat. I've never met anybody who said, my dream is to give a million. And here's the key. That was his tithe. You do this secret stuff right. When you pray, when you fast, when you give. This is not a message on giving, but I never go into this part of the year without giving a sacrificial above and beyond gift to the kingdom of God to win souls because I have learned God is no man's debtor. And what I do in secret, He rewards openly. Now I close with this, and, and I've got three minutes and I intend to use all three. Jacob is in trouble. Esau is bringing 400 killers to wipe him and his family off of the face of the earth because he has ripped his brother off. His brother was Esau. He stole the birthright. And now, finally, Esau has found him and he's bringing, he's bringing uh, 400 assassins with him to kill. And Jacob can't run anymore. And that night, he has an encounter in the night, everybody say night. night. All night, he wrestled with an angel. The night means nobody could see it. The night means it was in secret. He was wrestling. God, I want you to bless me. I won't let go until you bless me. But God was saying, well, let go of your old nature. What is your name? You're a cheater. You're, you, you're done this. Let go of your old person. And no, no. And he wrestled all night long. It was a wrestling match. When you fast and you pray, it's wrestling. 
Listen, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to deceive you. I'm glad you're excited about fasting. This is my second day. It's not fun. It's hard. We do, as a church, three days of liquids. And then we convert over to the Daniel fast. No meat, no bread, no sugar. And it's hard. And then you work out your own salvation. If the Holy Spirit tells you to do something else, then do what He tells you to do. Whatever He's telling you to do, that's between you. That's your secret place vow to God. He's in trouble and he's wrestling. And, and fasting is like you're in a wrestling match with the flesh. Your mind would tell you this is stupid. I heard it last night. I even heard it today. I, I didn't preach good this morning. In the 9 o'clock service, I was so discouraged. I walked out of there and thousands of people there. And I just felt like I bummed out. I was weak. I, I, I just wasn't on it. You know, I, know, I, know, I, know when I know my preaching. I've heard my preaching. I know when I'm preaching good. <laughs> And I just didn't have it. I just didn't have it. I just, why didn't I have it? I've been fasting and I didn't have it. And I wasn't happy with my delivery. I felt like I was scattered. I felt like I, I just beat myself up. I walked back into the room and my buddy Tracy, he knows me. And he was trying to encourage me. And I was just discouraged right in the middle of the fast. Well, welcome to fasting. Do you think the devil's going to send you a congratulatory telegram saying, I'm so excited about this new adventure you're on with God. No, all hell's going to break loose. Everything the enemy can do to discourage you from that secret place. Because he knows what your future holds. He knows what God is going to do with your life. He knows the unimaginable blessings that await you. If you win in the secret place. God can't keep it secret. Nothing secret will not be revealed in time the rest of the year that you do for Him. And I even thought, I feel bad. I, I left, I walked out of service. It's funny what preachers think. And I thought, I feel bad putting all, the, I put the, all these thousands of people. They're going to be so hungry. I know what they're going to feel. I felt it all day yesterday and today. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> I felt so bad they got to go to work. They got to do this. They got to do that. They got the, it's hard. They're, they're, you know, they're, it's bad. It's bad. You're going to get a headache. I'm not putting it on you. I'm just telling you, it's not fun. But why did Jesus do it? And then the thought hit me flying out here. Elijah did this for 40 days. Moses did this for 40 days. Jesus did this for 40 days. Daniel did this for 21 days. Paul did this for 10 days, 9 days. Peter did this for 3 days on a rooftop. The New Testament church did it once a year, a full day, all the time, on the Day of Atonement. I'm not crazy. It's not outrageous to say the next 21 days I, de I am devoted to you. He awaits you in the secret place. Answers await you that you can't even imagine in the secret place.
And what I see you do in secret, God says, yes, even you, you who think that you have been limited by life, I watch what you do in secret. And if you honor me in fasting and in prayer and in giving at the beginning of a new year, I will line up blessings, a public reward that will astound you. This is how it works, folks. And it's a word from the Lord for you. Lift your hands high if you believe there's more. Lift your hands high if you feel God, if you feel something from the future calling out to you tonight. Hallelujah. There's greatness that's calling you on this fast. And it won't happen just because you get... Here's the point that I want to make. Look at me. Watch, watch, watch this. And I close with this. Jacob's wrestling. And then the angel says, you have prevailed. As the sun comes up, the favor of God comes on. And notice what the angel pronounced. You are blessed. Listen, listen. And you shall have favor with men. Favor with men. Favor with men. Now, his brother shows up. He's got 400 assassins. He's there for one purpose, to kill him. But when he sees his brother, instead of killing him, his soul breaks. He runs, throws his sword down, wraps his arms around his brother and begins to weep on his shoulder. And all of those 400 assassins, they're hardened soldiers. What in the blankety blank is he doing? Why does he not kill the man? Boy, I tell you one thing, Jacob. You ought to be appreciative to Esau because Esau is such a loving guy. They have no clue that this public miracle, listen, a favor with men did not happen there. It happened when he was wrestling in the secret place and God rewarded him publicly. David, you got a bear and a lion secretly if you defeat them. If I can trust you to save a lamb, I can privately, I can trust you to kill a giant publicly. Stand to your feet all over the room and lift your hands high. And for the next 30 seconds, I don't care what anybody thinks. This is a brand new year. I want you to... Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.